everyone welcome back another episode of broadway and clark where we talk about all things st louis cardinals and therefore we discuss the mlb especially this time of year with the hot stove league cooking up deals left and right my name is mark i'm joined by my good friend and relative duncan how are you tonight duncan Doing well. We had some big news drop, uh, as you heard on the previous episode, about one Shohei Otani. Uh, and, uh, yeah, excited to talk a little bit more specifically about Cardinals baseball. As excited as I get about uh, talking about the best player that we've ever seen in our li- lifetime, likely. Uh, I'm even more excited to talk a little bit more just straight Cardinals baseball, and, and that always gets me jacked up, so... Very excited. Absolutely, absolutely. As much as it would have been, I don't know, surreal, I guess is the best word, to imagine Shohei as a St. Louis Cardinal. Uh, I mean, we just had Albert, so I guess we shouldn't be too greedy. However, uh, we um, Shohei is now a, the hated Dodger enemy. Uh, and so for the next decade, if, if we're to be believed, uh, he's going to be drawing down a big fat paycheck and we're going to be trying to either uh, strike him out or take him out of the yard if he's on the hill. So uh, good for him. As we uh, talked about in some depth last episode, uh, it's uh, it's unprecedented. But John Moselec, the P.O.B.O. Uh, for the St. Louis Cardinals, used to be the GM I don't know why he had to change his title. Feels like he still does all the same things he did when he. We have this guy named Michael Gersh, I believe is his is the name of our yeah. general manager. And I feel like I hear more from the Royals GM than I do. Used to be Drayton. No, that was Houston. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, so, <laughs> so news, Cardinal news. Let's go. We've been. Uh, you know, real quick recap, everybody knows this. We got three starting pitchers in the span of about eight days, right at the beginning of free agency. Uh, we were the talk of baseball. I think a little bit intentionally, uh, I think there was probably some luck involved, but we were able to get three guys that re- all recently have had, uh, you know, been able to pitch significant innings as starters. In the major leagues, all of them are older veterans. We've talked about all this to, to you know, a little bit ad nauseum uh, as we wait in anticipation of their first year on the cards together. But with Sonny Gray, uh, Kyle Gibson, and the returning Lance Lynn in the fold, with Miles Mickless, you know, currently we still have Matt's, a couple other guys that could potentially start. We've talked a little bit about our younger, you know, our younger potential starting either prospects or guys that, you know, if they're ever going to get any regular run, uh, this would probably be the year. Uh, we've talked about all that. And so the 
you say, well, what do the Cardinals still need to do? And we're, that's what we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about now. And the first thing they've done recently is they went ahead and traded Tyler O'Neill to the Boston Red Sox. And we got back uh, two, two guys, right, Duncan? Two guys, yep. Two. They categorized them as minor league pitchers. Um, one that has already had some time in the big leagues, not a, a not a ton, uh, but a little bit, yep. and the other a little bit more soli- solidly uh, a minor leaguer right now. Yep. Uh, but definitely, it looks like moves to try to bolster the bullpen um, and a potential f- not flyer, but potential future uh, impact uh, with the other the other arm that we got back. So, so the one, the guy who's got a little MLB experience, uh, uh, seventh round draftee of the Dodgers in 2017 uh, or 2019, I believe. Tommy John surgery, I think, in 2017 is what we learned. His name is Nick Robertson. The Do- uh, the Sox got him in the Kike, the aforementioned Kike Hernandez deal. Which, as an aside, I don't know why I've never liked that guy. I think he's just one of those players that's <laughs> just good enough to always cause your team a heartache. And uh, he just—I don't know why—he just always rubbed me the wrong way. But but I acknowledge <laughs> I acknowledge his value. So I don't—I'm I, not hating on the guy's talent. I'm just hating on him from afar as one of the many opponents that. You know, we enjoy hating almost as much as we enjoy loving our own guys. But Tyler O'Neill, after I think five, five or six big league seasons, uh, leaves the Cardinals, uh, you know, a widely publicized spat, if you will, with Ali Marmol early in Ali's managerial tenure. Uh, he uh, early in the season, he put Tyler on the bench. He put him on the bench because he thought he was dogging it. Tyler's been hurt a bunch, uh, so he goes to and he and he had a, we had signed him to a deal to where he was making a decent chunk of change, uh, and we part of the reason he got that deal that extension, um, you know, as he was moving toward the end of the, his time of, you know, with team control and out of the uh, arbitration phase of his, of his career. He, we had given him an extension, a deal. And so I, I don't have in front of me how much we had on the books for him this year, but it wasn't nothing. It was a little bit of money. Uh, and he really had fallen down the order in terms of, uh, of, a regular outfield bat is that is that accurate, Duncan? For O'Neill, uh, yeah, I th- yeah I'd say definitely has fallen a little bit more out of favor. I think he was actually still just in arbitration. I don't think he had a deal past that, um, but I think he was slotted for in between five and six million dollars this year. I don't know how much of an impact that part of it had. Um, on the deal, I think it was much more revolving around uh, the clubhouse component and 
some of the stuff that happened last year and uh, mixing it up with uh, Ollie a little bit. Uh, so I think that there was just the, the bridges were kind of burned already. And uh, I think it was unlikely given that he wasn't outplaying the headache that it was for the team or the clubhouse. Um, you know, sometimes you can put up with somebody, uh, you know, like the Terrell Owens in, in, the, in the NFL was a perfect example of that. Some teams were like, well, he's good enough that we'll put up with whatever it is, or Tim Tebow with the kind of the, the circus around wherever he was. And so, you know, some some players are good enough that it can they can outplay that. And I think he was still enough in the mix that it wasn't worth it for uh, the Cardinals to say, well, let's give him another shot. And truthfully, I think they gave him plenty of plenty of chances. It just came down to, to health. And then this past year with the, the clubhouse chemistry just not being there, uh, both with, you know, him and Ollie, him and the rest of the clubhouse, uh, whatever the case is, I think there's a lot of stuff that is not known publicly. Maybe that has happened is kind of the vibe that I get. Um, given the comments from Ali, uh, Ali or Mo, I can't remember who it was before talking about guys playing for themselves versus playing for the team. I think you can kind of put the puzzle pieces together. It probably was about, uh, him. Maybe one, one of the people that it was about was him. If there's more than one, um, so yeah, I think it just is a lot of those pieces all put together to where you know Mo, um, in the front office generally decided you know what I think it's time for us to move on. We've got enough other outfielders. I think he's the one that we pick out of there uh, that we can get something for. They're looking for bullpen improvements and everything. I think that was a perfect candidate with him only have one, having one year left. Uh, before free agency, you're not going to get, you know, a, a package in return for him that's going to be like a uh, a starting pitcher like a like a Dylan Cease or Tyler Glass now or something like that. It's just it, there's not enough value there for only one season of Tyler O'Neill um, versus you know, f- you know, if you tried to trade him after 2021 when he was an MVP candidate, so um, he would have had a couple more years of control and coming off of that season, for example. So too close to his free agency and uh, with his injuries and everything, I think that was a good strategy to take by the front office to get something back for him um, to both improve for the future uh, after he was expected to go to free agency anyways, but also for this upcoming year, um, clearing up that outfield log jam improving your bullpen and also likely improving the clubhouse culture too. Yep. Yep. Uh, everything you said is exactly accurate. Uh, he does have a career, uh, war of, it says 10. Well, I guess that's accurate. It's, it's weird. Cause on the, on the one thing on baseball reference, it says his career war is 10, but then he, they got him at seven. Maybe they don't take off the. Uh, maybe they don't take off the defensive. If you break down the offensive and defensive, it only adds up to about eight point six. So there's some disconnect between those two numbers. I don't know what it is. But the bottom line is, if he's a consistent, you know, two two point two to two point seven say war player every year then he's a serviceable 
you know, potential starting outfielder. Uh, he's won two gold gloves. He did, in his breakout season, he had a six war. A six war is an all-star, right? He was eighth in MVP voting that year. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, an all-star, he's, that could be a top five war in the league at 6.1, you know. Uh, not not superstar status, but, you know, he hit 34 homers that year, I believe it was. Uh, so, you know, he that's – and we loved him. We, you know, bro Neil, we call him. He's got the big arms. He's a, you know, young, good-looking weightlifter guy uh, that, you know, was part of that young outfield group, included Harry Bader, um, you know, uh, Dylan Carlson, who we don't know who, you know, he's still on the team. Uh, for how long, we don't know. And how big his role is going to be, we also don't know. He struggled a little bit to hit, but – um, but all this, all the things you mentioned about Tyler's relationship, uh, specifically with his manager and then generally with like the rest of his mates and, you know, just the, how he, how he's dealt with his health history, which is always hard, right? I, it, I, it's. I, I don't think it's fair as fans for us to speculate too much on what's going on with the guy's health because that kind of information is pretty dear. You know, you, it's it's hard to really know um, because for us, you're either in the lineup or you're not. You know, you can either play or you right. can't. And so there's, but there's levels. You know, as the kids like to say, and. Uh, you know the the did he did he not show the proper enthusiasm about trying to get back after sustaining injury i think he's got a bad back which is never a good look for a young weightlifter especially um so uh you know yeah my my thoughts on the the injury stuff um is kind of interesting and i see both sides of it for sure because you you think about it from the team side and you're like okay we're trying to help you as much as we can we want you on the field to help you know produce for the team and it's all it's about the team um but i also get it from the player side too where um you also need to be cognizant about your own career and your own earning potential in terms of you know whether you're Whatever your approach is, whether you're approaching it to set yourself up for success for as long as you can for your life or set up your family for that or your kids or whoever it is or whatever it is, when you're going to be a a professional athlete, you want to maximize your earning potential for that reason most of the time. That's the case. And so I, I understand it from his perspective, especially with him being in these this arbitration time of his career where you're probably just looking at all right get myself to free agency as quick as I can so I can get a contract with some guaranteed money because arbitration you're going year to year and a lot of that's going to be based on what you did the year before and so you know like in his situation if you're not healthy you're not going to be able to earn as much during arbitration or if you're not healthy Maybe whenever you get to 
free agency, you're not going to be able to earn as much. So he's trying to protect himself for that, which I understand. Uh, But at the same time, you can't do that at the detriment of the team and not care about the team either because whenever you do get to free agency, then teams are going to look at you and be like, okay, so you did that then. Are you going to do that whenever you you know, show up for our for our team and you have that guaranteed money at that point, you're going to say, well, I don't need to rush back. I have that guaranteed money. You know, so there's, it's a two sides of the same coin, uh, double-edged sword, whatever kind of phrase you want to use on it. Um, so yeah, I can kind of see it from both sides and, and there's good points on both sides, but also ultimately I think what it shows is that there wasn't enough communication and enough being on the same page between Tyler and, uh, the team, whether that's Ali, Mo, whoever, or all of the above. Um, you know, when you look at that one one play in particular where, you know, he wasn't hustling around third, that kind of thing, and it was all played out in the media. And then later in the season when he held himself out of a couple games down in Florida um, and said that he wasn't going to play and give himself a couple extra days of rest, uh, clearly those two parties are not on the same page with the plan or – their approach for him trying to stay healthy, you know, because he had injury problems prior to that issue with the hustle, uh, for example. So um, they obviously weren't on the same page with figuring out how he's going to stay healthy throughout the year. Um, And I think that I don't blame the front office either for doing what they did and say, all right, it's time for us to move on then. And it kind of brings up an interesting point too with, how Cardinals fans as a whole like to look at the moves that the organization makes and say, um, you know, oh, we're going to look at a guy who they're going to go to another team and they're going to thrive there, play well, or whatever the case is, and then we're going to stare at our front office and say, what were you doing? Why do? Why couldn't you get that out of him here, blah, blah, blah. And sometimes it's not as simple as that. Um, you know, for example, if he does go to the Red Sox and uh, – plays decently well and then gets uh, a contract and then continues to play well and maybe he becomes you know a very successful player perennial all-star or something for five years in a row or something like that that may be the case but also you have to look at it with all of the context not just is the player playing well or not and that's it so there's more context to that with what the front office does so he's in his last year before free agency that plays into it versus if he's in our beer one or if he is uh after like after his free agency and he signed a contract for more significant money that all plays into it as to what the team's going to do so it, it's not as simple as like you know when they trade for a couple pitchers it's not like oh we just traded tyler o'neill for these two guys tyler o'neill's way better than these pitchers that we got back it's not it's not just that simple. So I'm rambling a little bit. So why don't you hop in here and save me from myself? No, no, that's great. That's uh, I'd like to shout out listener Jeff, a.k.a. Shredder, a.k.a. Shred Money, who uh, <laughs> has noted um, in the comments, if you will, that uh, sometimes I get on my horse a little bit. So. Just to show you, Jeff, it can it can work both ways, and we're always happy to hear Duncan's thoughts. So those were good. 
Uh, little little does Jeff know, I just muted you that whole time just so I could talk. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, yeah, no, Tyler is uh, 28. He was born on June 22nd, so he'll be 29 in the middle of next season. Uh, you were right. Uh, I don't know why they have a projected salary. I guess it's just projected, so they just go base. Yeah, yeah. So I think three and a half million this year and another four and a half or so for next year based on projections. How, how, how much that matches reality, I guess we'll see. But most importantly, uh, to the point you made about how he's in his last uh, ARB year, he'll be a free agent in 2025. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. Um, we... It was and and we knew it was coming. I mean, Mo basically. Some people online are saying, "Well, Mo told him what he was going to do, so no wonder he didn't get more back for him." And I'm just like, "All right." So the Sox had no clue until they read Mo's comments. I mean, sometimes our right. fans are just a little a little frustrating, but we have that's, that's the same kind of thing with like non-tendering players and stuff. So like we non-tendered kids, but also like. Uh, Juan Yepes and stuff, and there's a lot of, you know, uh, talk about oh, why didn't we tender him a contract? We could have traded him, blah blah blah. It's like there's not trade value there. Likely uh, is kind of the the information that I'm getting or like reading between the lines there. So teams are just going to say, well, I'm not going to trade you some of my players for him. I'm just going to wait for you to non-tender him a contract or wait for him to become a minor league free agent because you're not going to be able to do anything with him. Why would I give you any of my guys uh, for that? So well, and hey, it's not here, as easy as just saying, just trade that, him. Yeah, get something. here's something people may have forgotten. Free agents are free to everybody. If you want to go right. out and sign Andrew Kisner tomorrow, nothing's preventing you from doing that. And, you know, I mean, a lot of times when a team, you know, either non-tenders or – uh, and we talked about that list when it came out. I forget some, but there were a couple of really, you know, pretty big names on it, or at least veterans that used to be big names. But there's a million reasons why a team would say, I'm going to move on from this guy. And like you said, any other team that's got any, you know, brains at all would say, well, this player doesn't mean anything you know, here's the deal. If I don't value the player, why do I expect somebody else to value them? And that's right. where that's where fans, you know, like I know there's a lot of people a little bit in their feelings over Tyler O'Neill. He was a, a bit of a fan favorite. I mean, basically till he fell out of, at least with the, you know, he fell out of favor with Ollie. But if you're predisposed to hate everything about Ollie, then that might even be more ammunition for you or add more fuel to that particular fire. Um, but, yeah, he's going to be 28. He's going to be a free agent after next year. Like I said, he's, you know, got roughly a 10 war over, uh, you know, a little over five seasons. So if you can slot him in as a 2-2 war every year, he could be a potential starting outfielder on a decent team, but is he going to move anybody's needle? Probably not. You know, and yeah. so well, that's where I see it. Like you know, he he's probably going to make a couple All Star teams at some point throughout the rest of his career. Yep. But if you look at it at the end of his career, are you going to say, man, 
we really got burned there. And if we would have kept him, we probably would have won the World Series. Probably not. Right. So I think what what's going to be more valuable to our team right now, keeping him for this one year just for him to be another outfielder that we have and maybe him play – you know, 40 games, 60 games, something like that, whether it's through injury or just through availability of playing time because of the amount of other players that we have. Or we do actually move him because he does have some value and get some pieces that maybe be able to fill that bullpen, those bullpen holes and strengthen that up a little bit. Um, And now if we just go out and we, you know, sign a, a bullpen free agent or something like that, now our bullpen's looking pretty good and we've got, um, some depth both in like middle relief, long relief, um, those cleanup guys set up and at the the back end, and you're feeling pretty good about the the pitching staff altogether, both in starters and the bullpen. So uh, I think what we did makes a lot more sense in that regard. When you when you're going to look at it at the end of the day, I, when all the dust settles. Well, and let's take a minute then and look at what we got. So Nick Robertson. Uh, let's look at some of the the bio stats first. He love love this that you that you sent out to me. This is great. Oh yeah, good. Uh, and and that was a little bit of this is this is going to be the dry stuff, and I'll let you get into some of that little more meat. <laughs> uh, but this is here's some facts. He's 25 years old. 25 146. He's actually a July 16th birthday. So. Uh, he and Tyler could grab dinner together in St. Louis or Boston, depending on what the schedule looks like. Have a little, you know, we got traded for each other, birthday celebration. He'll be 26 next July. He uh, is still, he doesn't even, he's not even eligible for arbitration till 2027. And he wouldn't hit free agency potentially until 2030. Now, uh, as I think I mentioned earlier, he did have Tommy John surgery. I believe it was way back in 2017. Yep. Uh, but he's got before a, he was drafted. I think he's got a uh, what what is considered to be a plus fastball or a pretty good fastball. Uh, it has not translated yet to the uh, MLB. He. I think it was a seventh-round pick out of James Madison by the Dodgers in 19 uh, in the regular, you know, the regular June draft. He, uh, he actually rose pretty quickly through the minor leagues and obviously proved that that earlier Tommy John, uh, you know, achieved the goal that, you know, they were looking for. Um, in the majors last year, very small sample size. He pitched 22 innings over uh, 18 games. He had one start uh, in that period, and I didn't look at the split or the game log on that particular start. I could, but anyway, uh, 26 strikeouts in 22 innings. Now, he did give up a whip, a 1.7. I think in his start, he got rocked. Like he gave up five or six runs in, you know, whatever whatever number of innings he pitched. So, uh, but anyway, that's the, those are kind of the dry stats. Much younger, much cheaper. And uh, 
but there are some reasons for optimism. Would you agree with that, Duncan? And do you have some some facts or at least some analysis that might support that that belief? Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Definitely some optimism to be had with this one. Um, and just to to kind of add to what you were saying about his start. Uh, so I do have that log here. This was in September with Boston. Two innings, four earned. Um, so uh, nothing nothing to really – I don't put any real stock in that. He's not going to be starting any games or doing a lot of long relief for us anyway. So in all of his other – if you take that out, all of his other logs and everything were pretty solid, I think, uh, from what I can see. Uh, definitely, um, as you could tell from his numbers – uh, and kind of matching up with what Mo was saying with our strategy now as far as pitching goes and looking for more strikeout swing and myth stuff. Definitely fits into that. He's got uh, strikeouts per nine, 10.5 strikeouts per nine um, is his average there. So definitely a strikeout pitcher has some decent stuff to get some swing and miss. Um, I think you get this guy with, with Yachty and have him do a little bit of work in uh, spring training. We're going to be feeling much better. Uh, about what he's got uh, fastball changeup slider guy um, fastball sits 94 to 96 so uh, decent um, velocity nothing that's going to blow you away like a back end of the bullpen kind of guy but uh, I think he's got um, decent stuff as far as a, a fastball goes but his real pitch that he's got uh, that was really devastating. This is, would be his uh, swing and miss stuff right here. His strikeout pitches, his slider. Uh, honestly, some of the the clips and stuff that I've seen so far, really, I think, looks almost more like a sweeper, like we were talking about in a previous episode of that really, really significant uh, horizontal movement on it that really just uh, you know ends up in the other batter's box, uh, in the left-handed batter's box uh, against a righty. So. Um, and his numbers and everything is showing that he uh, only uses it about 15% of the time. I I wouldn't be surprised if they try to bu- uh, adjust those numbers a little bit and his, in his pitch mix to make use of that a little bit more uh, and seeing what, what Yachty and, and what some of the other coaches, uh, Dusty Blake and whoever else, um, can uh, can can do with what he has uh, bringing to the table and everything. Uh, but a big guy, 6'6", 265, so big, strong guy. I know that's a lot of what the Cardinals like in terms of their pitchers is durability, guys with big frames, uh, really good extension um, was one of the things um, that he's got. Uh, quick delivery was one of the things which is always good out of the pens. So you're not going to have a lot of guys running on him. Um, I think could be really interesting uh out of the pen and, and I don't necessarily think that he could be like a back end of the rotate or back end of the bullpen guy um, could be in the future. Uh, still very young, like you said. Um, so definitely a lot of, a lot of hope with this one. Um, I think could be influential for the bullpen this year uh, for the big club. Um, and then our other guy, do you have the other guy, uh, Victor Santos uh, pulled up also? Technical error there, Duncan had the had the, uh, <laughs> had the button pushed on oh, good. the uh, the old mute there. Sorry. Here, I've got his I've got his stuff pulled up. If you want me to go through it, please do for a second. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
So Victor Santos, a little bit uh, less of a uh, high ceiling guy or less less of a ceiling than than Robertson. Um, but you never know with these other guys that are in trades. Uh, 6'1", 220, so definitely a big guy. Um, born in 2000, so 23 years old right now. Um, still very young. Uh, got to a AAA uh, last year. Didn't pitch at all this past year. Uh, so, sorry, AAA in 2022, uh, just to clear that up. Didn't pitch at all in the 2023 season. I don't think they have any information about why. I, I assume it's an injury, probably Tommy John, something like that. But I didn't see anything in particular um, about that. So, uh, But uh, a little bit lower velocity. His fastball is topping out at 93 right now. He's really much, much more of like a sinker baller, uh, pitch-to-contact kind of guy. Uh, but you never know what can happen with these kind of things. Uh, with these other guys that uh, get thrown into deals, they may fill out and be a good, um, a good pitcher that can add something. I mean, he, he could even end up being in the bullpen, um, just kind of guys to get you a double play ball or something like that. Even you think back when we had, um, oh gosh, I'm gonna hopefully I get this name right. Was it T.J. McFarland, uh, the lefty that we had out of the bullpen oh, yeah. a couple years ago? Um, I believe that's right. Yep. Great, uh, great pitch to contact. It seemingly like every time he came in that season, um, back I want to say it was twenty, oh gosh, twenty one or twenty two. I can't even remember now. Uh, but it seemed like every time he came in, he would get us a ground ball, and I think uh, a couple different times with Yachty got some really huge uh, double plays to get us out of innings and things like that. Uh, so I mean, he could even fill that kind of a role uh, to get you out of a, a tough, tough jam in an inning or something like that. So you never know. Uh, could be uh, interesting. As last pitched in winter ball in the Dominican, but I think uh, would be interesting to see what he can do in spring training. Uh, K's per nine. He also is decent K per nine. He's around eight, nine, ten, somewhere in there. So right about one K per nine, or one K per I, inning. Excuse me. I um. I'm looking at the report on the trade itself, and Mo, uh, you know, his comment is Victor adds depth to our minor league pitching. Okay. Uh, So, and last year he had an arm injury. That's why he missed the whole season. But I think probably the reason the Cardinals were uh, willing and kind of happy that he was thrown into this deal. Was that he was three and zero with a two nine six over uh, seven games, five starts in the in the winter league in the DR. So he's from the DR. Uh, there's a long history of pitching success, you know, out of that small country. Uh, you know, arguably the I don't know second second best, you know, second most important country of origin for MLB players. Is that accurate? Close. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. So uh, who knows, you know, down the road type potential. He's young, like you said, 23. Uh, I like it. I like getting rid of a player that, you know, you want to move on from 
and everybody else knows you want to move on from them. But, you know, with enough history and future potential that another team says, you know what, that we we don't want to get into any kind of, you know, competition. We want to nail this guy down now. They got to look at Robertson. Oh, there's They're getting credit. Uh, the development, they're saying he, you know, he bought into the, the current uh, fascination with the sweeper. And uh, they're giving some credit to that and the reduced uh, use of his change. I saw an analysis that said his use of the change really went down once he came to Boston. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah, in terms of Robertson. Uh, and so, uh, you know, he, he, it feels to me like he's that we took a guy who, you know, if we didn't have the rest of the outfield depth we have, potentially could have been, you know, an opening day starter. I think he, I think Tyler, one more former Tyler stat so that the, you know, his, his dedicated fans can get even a little bit sadder. Maybe everybody drinks. Uh, but he did hit, I think, a home run on four consecutive opening days. And so that's one of those cool little Cardinal fan stats that you're like, you know, we know Bro Neal's coming through uh, for us. And, and we even have family members that we know were always a little bit enamored of Tyler. So, you know, again, you got to give up to get, and that's what happened here, I believe. But I think it ties in really well with the plan. And as a fan, we've talked about this a lot. We talked about this in the context of the three new starters, which I'm still a little bit giddy about the fact that here we sit on December 9th and we're talking about the three new Cardinal starters. Let's not sleep on that, right? And of those three new starters, we gave up nary a prospect, not one player that we all still love. Mason Wynn's still on the roster. Jordan Walker's still on the roster, and on and on and on. And so uh, this is just a deal of it's, you know, it's it's pretty minor. I've, I've seen all kinds of comments in the, you know, uh, <laughs> on social media Red Sox fans are like, what the hell? This is nothing. Uh, and others are like, yeah, let's go. Can't wait to see him hitting. You know, they're showing pictures of some of his iconic Cardinal home runs. Some of his, you know, I mean, he didn't have that many, but but a couple of them were pretty significant. And um, so anyway, it's this is this is this is being the fan. And another thing I think that's important. Tell me how you feel about this. As a Cardinal fan in December, especially after what we just went through, I want activity. I, I mean, I know by nature I'm an impatient person. I'm an impatient fan. Uh, I mean, you know, I've, I've talked at length about my, you know, my wistfulness for the times when my starter was going at least seven and then we start talking about, you know, when's he going to get pulled? Now, in the middle of the fourth, if your guy doesn't have it that day, it feels like somebody's coming in out of the pen. Oh, yeah. Often not a better arm, in my opinion. But anyway, this 
I mean, don't you, am I wrong to be excited about the activity? And, and I think, and, and am, I, am I also wrong in my idea that this is part of a plan, that this is, they told us what they were going to do and now they're doing it? No, I think this is perfect. I think being excited about this activity is exactly what we need. I mean, uh, if there wasn't any, there'd be the whole hullabaloo about Moe's not doing anything. What's what are we doing? Otani just signed. Nola just signed. Sonny Gray would have signed somebody somewhere else. What are we doing? We're sitting on our hands. All this. So I, I, this is exactly what we want. Um, and I think as a fan base, seeing improvements be made and a a plan start to take shape, both from uh, the players on the field, the coaching staff with Descalzo coming in, Yachty being. Um, uh, promoted or or, um, signed, I guess, uh, as a a special assistant to to Mo. Uh, I think those kind of things, you can piece it together with what they're trying to do, and it's getting people excited. It's not just one singular move that you see in the offseason like there have been previous offseasons where you're like, okay, well, uh, I guess this is good, Uh, and you're just trying to kind of guess at what the idea is you can see a lot of these things that are taking shape and coming together and it's at least for me it's getting me really jazzed up for the season uh no agree 100 percent on that and um and i i think this sets up for because i think it's still all in front of us we can uh if we choose to package some of our younger talent together for uh you know, another, a Dylan Cease, a Tyler Glass, no. I mean, we, we, we know all the names. They're still out there. They haven't signed anywhere. And uh, we've already got our three starters, now a, a reliever that looks like is going to be a regular member of the bullpen, or at least get every opportunity to be a solid contributor. Uh, a little bit of addition by subtraction because you, you gain even more clarity around your outfield. And, uh, you know, you move on from a guy that every at-bat he would have taken, in a sense, would have been from somebody else who you probably like more. Now, when we look at the rest of the, you know, the rest of the offseason, we know we still have things to do. And I expect, and I'm hopeful, I'd, I'd like one more gift. I'd like one more Christmas gift. It's, you know, we're about 10 days out. Or what am I saying? We're, we're two weeks out from the holidays still. <laughs> Mo, you got some time to do some last-minute shopping. Let's go. I mean, the stores are open. So he can, he can absolutely get some more done. The bottom line is we're good. We're, we're, uh, we're in good shape. But but we're not done. I don't think Mo's done. I think Mo is trying to keep, you know, like in the past we say, oh, Mo's keeping his powder dry, you know, whatever you want to say. Uh, yeah, he did the Contreras deal and he did nothing else. He did the Nato deal, did nothing else. Did the Goldie deal, did nothing else. Um, and it caught up to him, especially um, on the pitching side. And so coming into this offseason, he said, you know what? I got a good, I got a pretty good, uh, you know, depot filled of ammo over here. And I'm going hunting for pitching. And so far he's delivered. 
you know, we've we've started to talk, and we're going to do a deep, a complete deep dive on the roster and the pitching staff. We'll probably do one of each. You know, one for the offense, uh, and then one for pitching. Uh, but we've, you know, we've got, I don't know, 20, 20 pitchers or so in the, in the organization that, uh, I could see any of them and all of them seeing sometime in 2024. And I think so far we haven't gotten rid of any of them. We've gotten rid of one guy and we've already talked about how his value was pretty greatly diminished. Um, and so we've got a lot of, I mean, if I'm another team, I'm looking at the Cardinals roster, the 40 man, uh, maybe not quite as jazzed about triple a and double a, but, but not like there's nothing there. There's talent in both at both those levels. Uh, I, I, I have no, you know, if I'm, if I've got a guy, if I've got some talent that I think you know, might be able to, to bring a return. Uh, the Cardinals have enough. The Cardinals have enough to make almost any deal that would be out there. So what other thoughts do we have on, on what's going on at the moment or what deals the Cardinals have made, what signings and so on? Yeah, the only I mean, I just kind of think in projections and everything with what what is to come. Uh, I think just shoring up more of that bullpen um, – like I said, a couple, maybe two other moves, whether it be, I know there was talk about potentially wanting to move Steven Matz and, and get that uh, money off the books, potentially. Um, you could look at doing that and uh, trading that for maybe some more bullpen pieces. Um, signing a bullpen arm, uh, whether that be like a Yuki Matsui, I know I've mentioned him before. Um, I'm trying to think of other you know, free agent relief pitchers that are out there i know craig kimberl already signed um oh yeah so that happened this week as well with baltimore right with baltimore exactly um so i think signing a couple uh, or acquiring a couple uh, arms for the bullpen in, in addition to where we are now i think would make me feel even more comfortable with where we are at the end of games um obviously i think you know lynn and and Gibby uh, on the staff are going to give us a nice boost in terms of innings and being able to rest the bullpen versus, you know, last year we where we had a number of starts where that were, gosh, between two and four innings for a starter, and then you're having to fill the rest of those games with bullpen arms, and that's just not sustainable over a long season. Um, so I think that's going to help. All, all those things combined is going to help a lot. I know I did see some information that we were still, quote-unquote, strongly linked with Yamamoto. At this point, I don't see that being super likely. Um, even if we are, quote, strongly linked, I don't know why we'd be any more strongly linked now versus you know a week ago after signing Sonny Gray and kind of where we are financially and everything, too. I don't see Mo potentially doing that, and he also said in his one of his interviews, press conferences, something like that, that he would be 
we're pretty much done with the starting rotation unless something very shocking happens or surprising. I can't remember the exact words that he used. So I think uh, pretty much just sure enough, the bullpen I think is the last uh, last piece of the puzzle for now to get us on the right track to get started for the season and then see where we are. And you can, we can do some trades in the, in the middle of the season to, you know, uh, add to where we are and get to where we need to be uh, to be a competitive uh, and or dominant uh, team in the playoffs. So that's kind of what I'm where I'm kind of at looking at, at the future and everything with the team. Well, that gives a uh, that's a great point. And this is this is what makes you really good at this, because you always even if it's even if it's not, you know, uh, you know, even if you don't just declare it straight out, you, um, you know, you kind of, uh, hint at a point, isn't it, or, or is, should we as fans be thinking about the Cardinals need to have a roster on opening day that has them either in first place in the central or close enough that they can make whatever moves they deem uh, appropriate to get us into the playoffs in July. So, like you said, if we don't do anything between now and opening day, now I don't, I don't think you can both move mats and not get another starter. Yeah, no, yeah. that's that, that's a good point. Because then you're really you're slipping much too much too close to where we've been in the last couple seasons. Yes, and it's just I just feel like the odds are pretty stacked against you that you're going to catch lightning um, in terms of health for your starters, and you know that's I mean every year when we get into the you know championship series and then the World Series. Usually one or more of those, usually one and sometimes more of those four teams will have had, you know, the uh, uh, un, uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Greater success with that, uh, with that experience of health and consistency than than the average higher than average that's that's a little phrase i couldn't think of before uh higher than average success with that health or you know in some cases especially with some of the big boys they could just go and spend their way through any problems they might have at the trade deadline which is kind of what the rangers did with monty uh last year right and uh same thing you know with in terms of not so much the lineup, uh, sometimes at the trade deadline you add a, a small piece, but being able to address injury throughout the season. So, you know, God forbid, but let's say Newt Bar's hurt to start the year. You know, can we get through six weeks of the season with you know Walker, Admin, and Carlson as our three outfield starters. Yeah, does I think that we can do that? Yeah, I think absolutely right. And we know there's a couple of guys 
whether it's in the minors or other young players that, you know, potentially could back up in those roles and, uh, you know, and be ready to, to, to take some ABs while a guy like Newt would be out. And again, we don't wish that. We're hoping he plays 162 and that, you know, our, our nine starters, our 10 starters, you include the DH, that, you know, those guys all play 150-plus games. That would be amazing. And I, and I think we feel pretty good about our lineup as it's currently constituted, that if that was true, we'd really like our chances of, of winning and, uh, and getting to that, you know, that spot where we're looking at the Dodgers and Shohei or we're looking at the Braves you know, with Olsen and Riley and the rest of them, you know. So we'll see. Uh, I'm excited, though, and I'm glad we got a chance to talk about this. Anything else we need to hit on before we we get out of here and tell the fans to uh, to enjoy the last couple weeks of the NFL season and, and whatever? Yeah, nothing, nothing else I can think of. I know we'll dive a little bit more into depth. The closer and closer we get to uh, pitchers and catchers reporting here in a couple months, um, and hopefully by that time uh, there might be some more moves, some more transactions, and, and things for us to talk about. And uh, the the roster shape um, having a little bit more clarity uh, as we move forward. But yeah, I think we had a nice um, dissection as to what's uh, happened so far, and uh, look forward to see what else could happen. Um, I think uh, on our upcoming episode we'll have a nice little comparison of a couple guys on the on the roster and uh, kind of a little fun exercise on who you'd rather have on your roster so uh we'll get into that next episode but um but yeah uh, tyler o'neill we barely yeah. knew you. god bless you good luck uh obviously i'll be watching the you know the Sox box score beginning of next year be looking for a toenail you know going around the bases after a big fly over the wall or something, over the monster. So we'll see. Yeah, well, it'll be uh, interesting to watch. Um, and, yeah, like you said, we'll get into those uh, that group of players and everything coming up here uh, shortly. But um, like you mentioned, uh, let us know what you guys think on anything. Give us some feedback. Tell us what you'd like to hear, those kind of things. Uh, find us on Twitter, X, at Broadway underscore Clark. Um and uh, I think that's the main place to find us. I would I would say otherwise, listen to any of the the platforms for uh, podcasts where you could find us, uh, and we'll uh, be coming with, coming back with you and, and chatting some more soon. Uh, all right, uh, everyone. Again, as Duncan said, thank you very much for listening. Just know that Duncan and I—I I know I speak for Duncan—that we wish everyone a very happy and healthy holiday season we hope you get all the single game tickets you need uh if you were able to you know get yourself a a season ticket for the first time ever this year that would be something great to celebrate at christmas and um and we hope they enjoy your other sports watching experiences as well for broadway and clark for duncan this is mark Uh, We will sign off now and look forward to speaking to everyone soon. Thanks again.